This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gurtle. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Join you this morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Uh, we haven't had an Arsenal news show in a few days. Apologies for the lack of live shows. Uh, this is, I can confirm, live uh, and I can see all of you in the chat box. Thank you for uh, for waking up early on a Sunday after a disappointing result yesterday. I can assure you that I'm sure plenty of our listeners are probably still in bed, so maybe catching up on this one a little bit later. I'm thankful for all of you that have both tuned in live and are catching up on today's show. Yesterday was difficult. Yesterday was frustrating, and Arsenal lost their first away game in the league this season, um, of course, with a 1-0 defeat to Everton. Uh, I was there. I had the the long drive up, the long drive back. It was an afternoon to forget. Um, but uh, we're not going to forget it just yet because there are some things to learn from. There are some things we need to discuss and plenty more as well. But good morning to those of you joining us live in the chat box today. Good morning to Ollie, to Paul, to Jose, Rich. Good morning to Wilson. Uh, good morning to Penny Ween, Blackshine, Steve. Good morning to Yomi. Uh, good morning uh, to uh, Sweating Merlot. Uh, good morning to uh, Matt and Stevie. Uh, Matt G, uh, James, Josh, Red Star, Crusader, and plenty more of you guys down I see too. Uh, good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. And Napa Fire, I agree with you. I feel deflated. And that's natural. We've lost a game. We've not had to feel this way for a lot of this season. We've not had to feel the way that we feel right now. And that in itself is something that we should be certainly happy in itself about. And that is probably the bright side of of how we feel right now is that this isn't a familiar feeling this season. Um, But yesterday was very, very disappointing indeed. Uh, Yeah, sorry, second away game we've lost this season after Man United, of course. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, But yes, uh, it was... (sighs) First one, I think, first away game we've been in this season without scoring is what I meant to say. Um, Because, of course, we scored in the game against uh, Southampton and Manchester United earlier this year. So, yeah, first away game we haven't scored in this season. That's the stat I was looking for in my mind. Um, But just like the efficiency of my brain this morning, Arsenal really weren't on their game either. Uh, We're going to talk through all of that and more. We're going to get your questions and your thoughts and feelings in part two, as always. 
Um, so, yes, an unfamiliar feeling, as I say. Arsenal's 1-0 defeat to Everton was a game in which we just didn't click. Like, it just wasn't... It wasn't it, so much was missing from what we've usually come to expect from Arsenal this season. There was just so much not there. And I just didn't feel like I was watching the Arsenal of this season. I felt like I was watching the Arsenal of the, like, not even last season, the season before last. So that's how I felt about this team. It just didn't, wasn't there. The same fluidity, the same motion, the same confidence. And I feel like Everton rocked us. I feel like the occasion, the narrative all around Everton really suited them in the game. Um, and I see exactly, like, the mentality changed immediately. Uh, as soon as that Everton team stepped out into the pitch, you could see what the, the game plan was. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, in particular, uh, Sean Dyche's first game, of course, in charge of Everton. And it was so key to, to notice how he set the team up. Three athletic midfielders in the middle in Anana, Decore and Adrisa Gay um, enabled kind of uh, enabled them to really control the midfield, crowd it out, win every second ball. And it really kind of forced us down the wide areas. And it creates a bit of a blueprint, you know, I think, for other teams that we're going to face this season is that when we go away to teams that are battling relegation, we are going to come up against this type of uh, this type of uh, style of play. Um, and it is going to have to be something that Mikel Arteta needs to work out how to work and how to beat it. We can moan all we like about they played a certain way. But if you want to be champions, you need to work out how to beat these sides. And we didn't have an answer for it yesterday. I actually spoke to James Tarkovsky after the game in the mix zone. Uh, I didn't speak to any of the Arsenal players because, uh, of course, we didn't win. So uh, it doesn't tend to be that uh, they're, they're open to speaking. But uh, I spoke to James Tarkovsky after the game and asked him if there was kind of any specific tactical way in which they found under Daesh to win. Because, of course, Tarkovsky previously playing with uh, Daesh at Burnley. We've seen them get results against Arsenal in, in similar fashion. But he didn't really want to divulge, as you would imagine, too much about those details and said that, to be honest, he's you know he's been very impressed by Arsenal this season and that actually, specifically, the way in which they played was just, just something to lord and, and be happy about from their perspective. From our perspective, it was the, the real kryptonite to us in this campaign. Moving into more of the Arsenal side of things, uh, Odegaard was really off it, I thought, yesterday. Just didn't quite bring the same... Um, directness and edge that we've seen in his game. He lacked a little bit of refinement that we've usually seen. And it goes to show how important he is to the team because if he's not on it, we are significantly off it. And it, we need Odegaard to be so integral to the way that we play. And it, it does go to show that if you can kind of shut down Odegaard, if you can get into him, if you can stop him from playing and, and doing his magic... It really does. Uh, it really does frustrate uh, Arsenal and stops them from creating more than they typically would. And he was crowded out, and that midfield in particular, because Partey wasn't particularly. I'll talk about him sh shortly, but yeah, I think that Erdegaard really suffered from being crowded out of the game, which is uh, a real shame. Uh, I thought I thought that the Gabriel Magalhaes uh, was really good. Um, now, obviously, Everton kind of set up in the way in which they played these long balls over the top, trying to get the knockdowns, win the second balls. And actually, Gabriel, I thought, stood out as one of the players and one of the positives from the game. Um, and to be honest, he is a player that has come on leaps and bounds this season uh, and really is uh, a player that I think in these matches where we have to be a little bit more physical, that he's going to be a um, he's going to have to be a player that 
steps up continuously and kind of leads from the back. And so in terms of a day of, of disappointment, he was one of the real positives I thought that stood out. And I was very happy with his performance. And I kept on going, you know, I kept on praising him in the in the live blog that I was running during the game. And uh, yeah, it was certainly uh, a positive amongst plenty of things that we're going to be critical of today. Um, Mikel Arteta's in-game management needs to be better for me. Um, the substitutions really frustrated me, actually, because they were all like-for-like changes. We saw Partey come off and Jorginho come on. Uh, we saw Erdegaard come off and Vieira come on. We saw Martinelli come off and Trossard come on. We saw White come off and Tommy Asu come on. They were all like for likes. And I need we need more variation. I would have liked to have seen Xhaka come off for Vieira, you know, to give a little bit more something, creativity, pace, direction. I would have liked to have seen maybe us go with two up top. Like, you know, at the point, I know that at the point it was nil-nil, we brought off Martinelli. But maybe, maybe we could have kept Martinelli on, Martinelli on a little bit longer and then brought Trossard on for an Odegaard or brought Trossard on for a Xhaka or, you know, just try and add something else. And that lack of another forward off the bench, obviously, is something that is is, is a bit of a problem. And uh, there is also a Mario Kojadubri on the bench because Nelson's not deemed fully fit yet and Smith-Rowan either. Um, but when you're in that situation and you've got Tommy Asu coming off the bench, there's part of me that goes, look, we're 1-0 down here. Is Tommy Asu really going to change the game more than a kid that's fully motivated to come off the bench and try and do something in the last few minutes of the game. I would have chucked on Koja Dubri in those last few minutes to create a bit of chaos. He's an unknown quantity. You don't really know what you're going to get from him. He would have created a little bit of chaos at the last five to ten minutes. So, yeah, Arteta's in-game management, again, I think will come under question here in the moments in which we're trying to come back into games. And look, we've done that this season. You know, we were losing to West Ham and we came back and we won. Uh, we were losing to Manchester United. We came back, we won. You know, so it's not like he's not been able to do it this season. It's not like this is a reoccurring problem. But in last in yesterday's game, if there was something to be critical of Arteta was, it wasn't the starting lineup, that was fine. But the way in which I think he managed to try and change the game, it was too safe. And I think we needed to be a little bit more, um, we need to take a few more risks with the substitutions. Now, of course, when Jesus and Smith-Rowe and Nelson are there as well on the bench, maybe we'll have more options in attack. But uh, yeah, I thought the substitutions could have been a bit more offensive-minded rather than the like-for-likes that he went for. Uh, Partey did not look like he was ready and fit in this game. I fear that they may have rushed him back into this one. And yes, he's been suffering with this rib problem. It wasn't deemed serious. But if he wasn't ready, maybe Jorginho should have been in from the start. I saw some tweets really battering Jorginho in this game. Like really battering the guy. And I thought that was unfair because I thought that completely ignored the I thought it completely ignored the 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 context of him entering the game. You know, uh, it, it really did kind of any I, I think I saw Connor Hun on Twitter tweet saying he had a disaster. I found that kind of strange. I, I didn't think he was I don't agree with Sephiroth in the chat saying he was very poor, a very poor, sorry. I thought Jorginho was fine. I thought his progressive passing was good. That was quick little bits of interplay in the middle of the park, playing it out wide. He was the only one coming short for booming throw-ins. When the most touches he must have had was when we went short from those throw-ins. It was an awful situation for him to, to come into. You then come on, and then minutes later, there's a corner and we concede. And then you're in a situation. But Partey, I thought, was off it in the first half. Um, didn't give us the same directness that he usually gives us. Uh, the same fluidity and elegance that he can bring with the way he brings the ball forwards in midfield. Um, but yeah, I, I needed something more from the middle and we didn't necessarily get that. Um, 
I wish we had something different at right back in these games. Ben White's been brilliant this season. And Tommy Asu in some of the games has been called to come in again, has done well. But mainly the focus on these two has been defensively. That's where they've really shone. Progressively, White has got better. And in the final third has certainly got better. But it's these types of games I wish I had more of an offensive right back that you can say, bring off a White or bring off a Tommy Asu and bring on someone that's going to overlap Saka with pace, get him behind, get those balls into the box. This is where I miss having that kind of option. And it's where maybe, you know, and I know that we're going to laugh at this, but when you've got someone like Cedric, who is that style that you can bring off the bench, you can be more offensive. Maybe you do miss that. Now, I don't want it to be Cedric. I want it to be someone who is better than him. But I do think that we we lack that offensive right back option. Um, and uh, maybe it's when Nelson comes back that you can be a little bit braver with the substitutes. And if we're losing, say, 1-0, you can take off and you've got 10 minutes to go. You can take off White or you can take off Tommy Aston and you bring Nelson on to be kind of an additional wing back. Um, it's risky, but it's, we just, I think, we need something to, to support offensively the wingers when they're running out of ideas. Because Martinelli and, uh, and Saka kind of both they need more variation. And that brings me on to the next point about Martinelli, who does need more variation in his game. Um, he needs to be, he needs to have that ability to have a final ball with his left foot. His left foot certainly needs work. And that's where Trossard, I think, is a bit better than him on his on his weaker foot. Um, and typically Martinelli can be crowded out. You know, he's going to cut inside. And, and that's maybe why his form's dipped a bit, because you know, teams know what to do against Martinelli sometimes. He scored a couple of goals with his left foot this season. But it's when he does that run to the touchline, I think he takes that extra touch when he could just take the touch a little bit less and cross the ball before he takes that final touch to the touchline. He's just lacking that confidence with his left foot. He needs more variation in his game. And I think that he was a little bit too predictable. But where maybe, as, as Mike says in the chat box, when Jesus comes back, Maybe we'll see uh, that again step up in form from Martinelli. And the last point I want to make uh, is that Trossard, you know, when he came off the bench, he created a couple of chances, had a couple of shots on goal. Um, I think that Trossard is great when he's on the ball, but he needs to do more when he's off it. He needs to try and get himself in the game more. He needs to show himself more. He needs to call for the ball more. He Sometimes he waits a bit too much for me. He's a little bit too expectant of his teammates. He needs to be a little bit more proactive, I think, in trying to get the ball to him. Martinelli really calls for it. Martinelli gets into the positions where he's going to need it. And I think that Trossard is, is a player that needs to do more when he's not in possession because he can't wait. You can't be a player waiting in this Arsenal team. When you're in the game or when you're not in the game, you need to do more yourself to get yourself in it. You can't rely on your teammates to give you that service. So for me, Trossard in the in possession on the ball, a real threat. When not on the ball, he needs to do more to try and get himself and make himself available, more movement, that type of thing. So that's what I think we need to see more so from him. Okay, let's go to part two and your questions and comments right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chats. Uh, <laughs> Matt G, why didn't you punch Tarkovsky in the arm for scoring against us? Matt, because I quite like to return to the mix zone uh, and not uh, have to <laughs> worry about, you know, losing any of my rep. I'll tell you what, when Neil Mope, though, walked past me in the mix zone, I just remember just looking at him like, oh, man, I really don't like you. <laughs> well, he is one of those players that just winds you up so much. And at the end of the game, he played it perfectly. And to be honest, like you have to be a bit critical of us. We bit and it wasted time. And Zinchenko bit a bit. And yeah, he was ludicrous and ridiculous. Just get up, get on with it, move on. Just ignore the moron that he is, you know. So, ah, uh, Neil Mopay. Aditya, thank you so much for helping support the channel, by the way, becoming a member. I really appreciate the kind support, as I do for Sweating Merlot, brilliantly named YouTube channel. Uh, thank you so much for the kind support and welcome to the TGT community. Uh, Sir Nicholas says, honestly, I'm not too concerned about the match. We looked like a team that had played twice in the previous 18 days and weren't prepared for the date with a desperate side. Lessons to be learned. Now, Arsenal have got two games, of course, after this. We're at home against Brentford, and then we're home against some team. Uh, what are they called? Manchester City. <laughs> so, two big games. And we need to go into that game against Man City off the back of a win. We need to rescue our form so we're not looking for a response against City. We need to go into that game with momentum. And the fact that we've got two home games is obviously good. You know, we played a lot of away games this season. This was the first game we failed to score in, away game, in an away game all season and you know we need to make sure that we build up a little bit of momentum Brentford looked good against Southampton it has to be said they won comfortably 3-0 but we also looked good uh in their ground earlier this season when we won 3-0 and had all the momentum with us so hopefully um we see a response on Saturday we've got to wait less than a week now until we play our next game hopefully keeping those fingers crossed we can get the result that we need uh, Jason says, do you think this was Arsenal's worst game of the season? Yeah, without a doubt. I don't think there's too much debate about that. I know the PSV game was pretty bad as well. The Brighton game was not great either. But uh, yeah, the, this game by far is the worst. And you know, the thing I tweeted this yesterday, every season has a worst performance. Every season there is going to be one that is the worst. Let's hope that that's the worst that it gets. Let's hope that we never have to experience a day as bad as yesterday. And you know, maybe... Maybe it's a bit of a kick up the backside that we needed um, when we go into those games against Brentford and City. You know, we lost at City in the FA Cup the week prior. You know, we have come off the back of two defeats now. And last season, we had a bit of a habit of losing games in a bit of a run of th two or three or four games. We need to stop that run already. You know, we can't afford to lose three games in a row or drop points in three games. We need to be strong. We need to be clinical against Brentford. We need to smash them, to be honest. We need to have a really, really good game so that we can go into the match against Manchester City uh, with a serious, serious win under our belt because it's obviously only going to be four days later it's a midweek game in the evening so we need to make sure that we give it our all in that fixture and try to win it of course City play today against Spurs that game's going to be really important as well 
So let's see uh, what happens. Uh, Pinnyween says, we lost to City, but uh, it was a happy loss of sorts. Uh, it was yesterday more than a performance or the competition that was most annoying. Um, I think yesterday's was was more the performance of us and obviously the performance of Everton. Everton were great. Like You can't not give Everton credit for what they did. And you can't not give Sean Dyche credit for the way in which they played. They made, they played a perfect game. They looked dangerous on the counter. We could have arguably lost by more. Decorah and Calvert-Lewin had two fantastic headed opportunities that they missed. Ramsdale's another player I should point out for some um, praise as well. I thought he did well in certain moments. But when you, your centre-back and your goalkeeper are the two people that you're praising the most, you know... Ah, yeah. Uh, and I didn't mention Erdegaard missed that absolute sit. It needs to get at least on target. And Ketty did really well on that left-hand side to create that opportunity for uh, for Erdegaard. Should have done a lot, lot better indeed. Uh, Peter says, Tom, do you think that we need to try more controlled long shots against a well-marshaled low block to try and pull defences out? Well, I don't necessarily think so. We did take a few. Partey took one in the first half. Zinchenko had a couple in the second half. We are taking some long shots, but yeah, I, I don't know. Hard Pixel TV says, why were our fans turning on Jorginho? He wasn't the problem. We can't stop scapegoating players, it seems. We need to grow up big time as a fan base and our team is growing and so should we. <sighs> the hate for Jorginho yesterday. I, I actually feel, uh, and I'm very critical of, in particular, some big accounts that really took the time yesterday to batter Jorginho. And... I always feel as though, you know, there is when when you have a lot of followers on social media, and I'm certainly at the lower end of the bigger accounts on social media, there are plenty of accounts with far, 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 far more followers than me. And I'm not saying that you can't have an opinion just because you have more followers than somebody else. But I think sometimes when you come out with reactionary statements saying Jorginho was terrible, Jorginho had a disaster, Jorginho was this, that, you have an influence. And I think you have to take that into account. You have to be a bit more responsible because let's be real he didn't have a disaster at all it wasn't a disaster of a performance whatsoever he weren't great and to be honest neither was many people but to single out Jorginho in his first performance and ignore the entire context of the game in which he'd entered at that stage I think is just so unfair and then puts him off on kind of a, an immediate back foot that he now has to try and come back from when in reality the way in which we should have looked at it was Partey wasn't great in the first half. Jorginho's come on. We've conceded within seconds from a completely different scenario not to do with him. And his style of approach, you know, when you're lacking, I think he really lacked the support of needing someone a little bit more attacking in those moments. We could have brought off Xhaka for Vieira instead of Odegaard, I think. And if it had had Vieira and Odegaard in front of him, maybe giving a bit more push to try and turn things around, we could have seen more. But he's a controller, you know, in those moments. We took off Partey because he was poor and we brought on Jorginho to try and because Partey wasn't on it. But Jorginho is someone that's going to give you control. And in those moments, we need someone a little bit more progressive. Uh, and if you haven't got Partey doing that, you know, I think you're going to lack it. So in the context of the game, you know, I, I can't scapegoat Jorginho for being a guy. He's not the guy you bring on to try and win you a game. That's not his role. That's not what we've bought him for. You know, we've bought him for those moments where Partey is, is is either unavailable or you want to bring an extra midfielder on to try and control the game. But if you're 1-0 down or if you're 0-0 and you're going in search of a win, he's not the type you look to. And so I'm not going to judge him for not being able to change the game because that's not what we bought him for. You know, I'm not going to... If we bring on Vieira and we bring on Trossard, players that are more offensive and that we bring on to be 
proactive and try and go in a search for a goal, that's who I'm going to be more critical of if we fail to do so. If we bring on Jorginho in a game that we are winning and he makes a mistake or he's not on it or he's not good enough in controlling the game and we concede or we lose it, that's when I'll bring the focus on to Jorginho. That's when contextually I'm going to start looking at him, you know, in the moments of, of, of criticism. But I just think it lacks thinking to just start battering Jorginho out of nowhere for this game in particular. You know, Arteta for me is the one that I look to most in this game for the reason why we weren't able to get back into it because the substitutions weren't good enough. The substitutions needed to be better. They need Going like for like when you're 1-0 down, it's not good enough. We need to see more proactiveness with these changes. We need to saw more risk, more bravery with his changes from the bench. That's that's what we need. And he lacked that. Which is a shame because there's games in the past where Arteta has been a lot more different. You know, you think about the games where Arteta has gone to a back three, we've brought in an offensive player and we've managed to get something out of those games. I, I just don't know why he didn't do that this time. You know, because whilst Everton were, yeah, sure, threatening on the break, you know, they were locking up shop. They were bringing on more uh, defensive-minded players in the game. And I think that we could have gone for it a bit more, especially when we were uh, 1-0 down and you bring off White for Tomiyasu. And I just can't quite get my head around why we went like for like in all of the changes. Uh, Aditya says, you mentioned about Arteta's management, something I strongly agree with. I felt the substitutions came too early, even when we had 30 minutes to go and we were 2-1 up. Um, what should we have changed? You know, it's ironic because sometimes we say Arteta's too late with the changes and now we're saying maybe the substitution came a bit too early. It's easy to say that when we conceded just a few moments later, but I felt we could have we could have waited a bit with Martinelli on. I know that Martinelli wasn't had the best of games, but I just think that I, I just think that when it comes to Trossard, he's the type that you can bring on to bring an addition to somebody. You don't have to bring him on instead of someone else. We could have taken off a Xhaka or taken off an Odegaard and been a bit more offensive with that because Odegaard was lacking directness. So if you bring Trossard off and play him behind the striker, you get a little bit more direct. Then if we get a goal and go 1-0 up, you can take off Nketiah or you can take off Martinelli and bring on Jorginho to get you an extra midfielder or bring on Vieira to give you a little bit more, less of a direct option in a number eight position. Do you know what I mean? I feel like there's something there that we could have done differently. Um Let's go to, yeah, Justin says we made the changes at nil-nil and we conceded 30 seconds after they came on. And this is the thing, like maybe if we'd have left them on a bit longer, you know, or been a bit more direct with the changes, maybe things would have been different, but we don't know. We don't know. It's impossible to know. It's just purely putting out different suggestions for what we could have done. And it's very easy in hindsight for me to say this. And I admit that, you know, very happily. It's very, very easy to admit that with the benefit of hindsight, but that's what we do. You know, we talk about things in hindsight because it's easy for us and it's not easy for them. Uh, if he says, are you concerned about the two goals we've conceded from corners this year against Man United and now Everton? Uh, it's something that obviously we uh, can be better at, maybe. But last season, we I think we conceded one goal from a set piece, did we not? One or two goals all season. And I think they came in the last five games or something like that. So I'm not necessarily concerned. We are going to sit concede corners. It is going to happen. You can't lock them out completely. Uh, you can do as much as you can to try and do that. But yeah, Matt says, why didn't we bring Kieran Tierney on? Again, another decent option. We could have brought Xhaka off, moves Inchenko into that midfield role and put Tierney on at left centre-back. You know, I think uh, left uh, left back, sorry. You could have been a bit more direct, given someone on the left a bit more overlap. I'm not sure why Tierney didn't come on. It's a fair question. Uh, Shivan says, you criticised him when he was braver with his subs against United. 
Uh, again, it's amazing when you put in when a comment comes in that again lacks complete context. So in the game against Man United, we made change. I think Smith Rowe came on. I think Fabio Vieira came on, and I think someone else came on all at once. Uh, and in that game, the difference between that game and what we were doing in this game is the game against Man United. We were actually in the ascendancy in that moment. Uh, we were, I think it was what two one at that point that we made those changes. We were actually in control of the game and we were creating chances and we were doing well. And we brought on a lot of players in that moment. Uh, in fact, let me go back to the game. Man United 3-1 Arsenal. Because uh, I'm sure we made at least two. It might have even been three changes at the same time. Uh, let me find it. Let me find it. So, yeah, we brought on Smithrow, Vieira and Nketiah all in the 74th minute. Made massive change in one moment at 2-1 when you're in control of the game, even though we were losing, but we were in control of the game instead of making chances, and it did make us more open. I'm not suggesting we make more free changes at once. I'm suggesting you make one change here, say bringing off Erdegaard for Trossard, or leaving on Martinelli a bit longer, or bringing off uh, in the final 10 minutes, um, Tommy As not Tommy Asu, sorry, White for, for more of an attacking option, a Koja Dubri maybe, and going for it a bit more. That's what I'm suggesting, you know. So it's easy to throw in a comment saying, but you criticise this and now you're criticising this differently here. That's not the case because you haven't included the context of why I criticised the time at Man United because it was so different. Such a different scenario in the game state. So it doesn't fit, I'm afraid. Uh, Hard Pixel says, I think we should have brought Tommy Asu on earlier. Why it looked a bit off, no pun intended. Um, and Tommy would have done better to deal with the aerial threat. Uh, Tommy is quite good in the air, but, uh, you know, it's, it, I don't, the reason why we lost the game isn't because of aerial, you know, it's not because we lacked aerial threat. You know, the reason why we lost the game is because we didn't create enough. We weren't good enough at dealing with them defensively. They defended well and we didn't have an answer for it. Yes, we lost in this case if we considered a goal from a corner um, and we could have defended it better, but we could have had the game away if we had also taken our chances. You know, Eddie and Ketty had a great chance to put us 1-0 up in the first half. Needed to be more composed, go across the keeper instead of just smashing it as hard as he could in that moment. Lacked composure. You know, if we'd have taken some of our chances, we arguably could have already been out of sight in this game, but we weren't. We didn't take those chances. Uh, Keem says, Martin Ali is refusing to take people on these days. Uh, do you think it's an absence of Jesus? Um, I don't know. I don't think it necessarily is refusing to. I think he did... I think he did take players on in the first half. He often just doesn't make the pass soon enough. He holds it on for that one touch extra or one pass later. I uh, maybe sometimes wish he would be a little bit more... Uh, I wish he could do things a bit quicker, a bit earlier, make his decision faster. So that's what I would say more so about Martinelli. Uh, Darius says, we've had off days like this before, but the difference is that we were the ones to score the scrappy goals and not concede. We've been due a defeat like this and the response will tell us everything. You know, if you are going to have a kick up the backside, Obviously, we'd rather it was, um, I guess, if you are going to kick up a backside, you'd rather it wasn't against City. You'd rather it wasn't against Spurs. You know, January was great. You know, a solid nil-nil draw against Newcastle that maybe we could have won. Great win against Spurs. Great win against Man United. And then February, we've started a bit off. Well, end of January, I suppose, with the FA Cup game as well. But we've started a bit off this month. And we need to make sure that we don't have a bad Feb. We need to make sure that we have a great Feb. And if we have a great Feb, it'll be because we've beaten Brentford and we've beaten Man City. And is there another game in February? Yeah, we've got two more games after that. We've got Villa 
away from home and Leicester away from home. So we end the month with two away games that are going to be tough and we're going to have to try and win those games. And they're not going to be easy. Away games never are. Um, and I look forward to them and I look forward to hopefully seeing a reaction from this team. So that's what ultimately what I want to see is I want to see a reaction from this side. Um, that's something that we struggled to do last season. We would lose ha- we would lose games, you know, in a row uh, and we weren't able to kind of address things quick enough. We need to do that more this season. And we have done. When we lost to Man United, we won. When we lost, when we drew to Southampton, we won. Um, when we drew to Newcastle, we won. So, you know, when we have had those games, we've responded. This time, we need to respond them. We need to respond to it once again. Uh, let's go to Matt Thornton says, what did the pitch look like, Tom? Didn't look- Yeah, it was terrible. And actually, a lot of the journalists made a comment about the fact that the pitch was... Um, it was dry. It was. It held the ball up. It didn't allow Arsenal to move the ball quickly. Uh, a lot of the journalists in the press box were discussing about whether they'd kind of die. Should said, "Don't water the pitch. Make it as dry as possible." Um, and you know, it's not an excuse because when you you have to win games away from home, we've been very good away from home this season. Um, but yeah, it certainly didn't help. It didn't help the game at all. But that's not. It's not an excuse. You can't point to that, but it wasn't great. You know, it certainly suited the home team more. And as, as we know, that's that's certainly what ended up happening. Uh, Omar says, the last two away games Tom has gone to, we both lost. Can you stop travelling to the away games so we start winning? I would like to point out that I've been to plenty of away games this season that we've also won. Um, just, just to put that into context, I mean, let's go back through the season. Um, yes, I did go to Man United away. Um, <laughs> but I went to Brighton away and we won. Uh, I went to uh, earlier on this season. Where else did we go? Uh, we went to Southampton away. Oh, we drew that one. <laughs> I went to Leeds away. We won that game. Um, I went to, I couldn't go to Brentford because I was on my honeymoon. Where else have I been this season? Um, yeah, we, shut up. <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I should be at the. Uh, uh, the Villa and Leicester games, but uh, I'm sureing it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> it, I swear it is not a problem. It's not a problem. We will address this quickly. Um, but I tell you what, the players were down, you know, in the mix zone. Obviously, I didn't get to speak to any of the Arsenal guys, but it's really tight and compact in that mix zone. And obviously, a lot of the Arsenal players are waiting around and they were dejected. Um, a lot of them with their hoods up, looking at their phones um, in their own thoughts. It did make me think. It did make me think whether they were looking at comments. You know, we talk a lot about whether the players see comments and criticisms after games, and you know, a lot of them were waiting for Arteta to finish up his media and for everything to be packed up so they can leave. And they were on their phones, and you know, I have no idea what they were doing. But it does make me think whether or not they start looking through social media, looking at the reaction. And we know, I think we know that they see stuff. And uh, I think the reaction after the game was hyperbolic. And we know that it's going to be. It's Arsenal fan base, as you know, overall can be a horrible, horrible place at times. It's not everybody. It's always important to point out that it's always some fans and not all fans. But yeah, uh, there was a big reaction yesterday. And, and you could tell the players were really, really frustrated by that. Um, so yeah, and they looked frustrated after the game. That's for sure. They know that they know they're upset. Zinchenko was gutted, and really was angry, and uh, was storming around uh, behind the scenes after the game. You know, so yeah, um, they're not happy, and I don't want them to be happy. I want them to be angry. I want them to be upset. I want them to be able to come back and against Brentford, absolutely respond. And that's that's what we want. That's what we need to see. Um, 
Shivam says, I love Sean Dyche, man. He gave us the nastiest mid-block we've ever played against. You beautiful bald man. Awesome. Awesome coach. <laughs> um, I think that it's something that we're going to have to learn from. You know, if anything, it's a test. It's a test that we didn't pass this time, but it's certainly outlined a uh, it's outlined a blueprint that other teams are going to look to and that we are going to have to analyze. And you can be sure that they will analyze it and they're going to have to look into why we lost this game. And we need to find out why we lost this game. Anyway, I'm going to wrap things up there. Um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. means a lot, as always. Uh, sorry that I can't bring you more positive news. I'll be back tomorrow morning with the usual 8 a.m. show. Uh, we'll, of course, be looking at the Arsenal news from the last 24 hours. Uh, further reaction, further fallout, further breakdowns. We look ahead to a big game against Brentford. Any further rumours in the transfer world will, of course, bring you update up to date with as well. And yes, it sucks. It's horrible. I hate it. Uh, I'm now going to go have a day of golf and try and take my mind off of Arsenal. But uh, yeah, it's it sucks. I hate this feeling. I hate losing. I hate having to drive eight hours, eight to ten hours, uh, and not come out with a victory. But it is part of football. You can't win them all. And I said, I've said to you a number of times this season that we are going to lose games. It's going to happen at some point this season. We were going to lose at some point this season. We were going to have our worst game. I'm hopeful that this is our worst game and that everything else from here on in will be better. And I'm hoping that I speak to you after the Brentford game with a win under our belt, a response from this fixture and the perfect setup for the game against Man City for the biggest game of our season, because it is the biggest game of our season on Wednesday night, not this week, coming next week, the following week when we face City at the Emirates, because we can beat them. I said that after we lost them in the FA Cup, we can beat that team. They're not going to do an Everton. That's not how they're going to play. They're going to be a very different side. A lot more quality, sure, but we can beat them. And that's what we need to do. So stay positive. Take your minds off the football. Let's hope City drop points. I don't care who they're playing. I'm not going to say anything about the team they're playing. Let's hope they drop points today. You know, I don't, I don't care for this BS of, oh, I can never support that lot. I'm not saying anything about that lot. I just want City to drop points. That's all I want. You know you can't rely on that lot to do anything, so don't expect it. I'm probably not even I'm not going to watch the game. I'll tell you that I'm going to have a day off of football today. I'm just going to ignore everything as much as I can. I'm going to check the scores later after I finish my round of golf and uh yeah, that's all I'm going to do. That's uh, all I'm going to do. We back the players. We support the club. We hope that they respond. We don't batter them. We don't jump onto social media and say people have had a disaster and try and batter them after the first second. You know, we can be critical and we can praise and we can be grounded and we can be objective. But I ain't losing my head top of the table. Thank you for listening. I will speak to you tomorrow morning. Have a fantastic Sunday. As I say, take your mind off things. Relax, sit back, enjoy what you can. And uh, I will see you then. Have a great day. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.